Welcome to Tiny Town Library. Thanks for joining us. We're coming to you straight out of the library with town news, community updates, book recommendations, and an interview with a local person of interest. My name is Bonnie, and I'm the director at the Dayland Memorial Library, and with me today is Joanne. Hello. She's our children's program director, of course, and Amy. Hi, everybody. She is our interlibrary loan specialist. Yay! And, of course, our producer, Madison. Hello. Thank you again. So glad you're back that you make this so clean and perfect. We are talking in the library. There's going to be no outdoor noises, but we do have our masks on. This mm-hmm. is very important. So if we're a little bit muffly, we apologize, but we will not apologize for following the rules. Uh, this is, believe it or not, our happy anniversary. Yay! Yay! What? It is the one-year anniversary of Tiny Town Library Podcast. Uh, it's been super fun to share all the news of town and what's happening at the library. We've had some really good guests. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to test you. Are you ready? Don't cheat. Okay. Uh, we're going to remember the guests we had. Our first podcast was in September, and our special guest was, do you remember? Howard Brown. Yes. It was a school theme, right. and he's the famous bus driver. And then the next month was Halloween, so we had the had the queen of Halloween. Who's that? <clears throat> Excuse me. I can't remember. Joey Uh We had Dan from the general store come talk about the general store and his wine tastings, which we haven't had in a while. And Rich Masters. That was such a good interview. That was a really was good interview. Inspiring. Very inspiring during the holidays. And then the trustees came and visited us uh, in the new year for January. New year, new library. That was a good one. I liked that one. Yeah, it was fun to have all three of them. And then um, we are actually open now, too. So if you hear someone coming to the door, uh, we are just waiting on people. Because we're going to announce the news, but we're reopened. Uh, we had the PTA. They came and oh, talked about yep, yep, Valentine's Day. And I don't want to say it was our last episode, because it wasn't our last episode. But in March, we had David Sturm. He is our town moderator. Mm-hmm. came right before mm. the grid went down. And we didn't know it then. We didn't know it was going to happen. No, we didn't know. And um, our eighth episode, not our best. <laughs> we did our best. We but had our no best wasn't guests. Very good. We had no producer, <laughs> but we still banged it out. <laughs> and then we took a, a two two months off, and we were back with episode nine with Sophia as our interview. Mm-hmm. And now today we're on episode ten, and. Charlene Brown is coming in. The beloved teacher of the Mount Vernon mm. Village School yeah. is joining us today, and hopefully she's going to catch us up on um, the reopening of the Village School, what it means to be an online learner versus an in-person learner, and she'll have all the inside scoops, so that's exciting. And she's actually due here any minute, so if she comes in, we'll just have her take a seat for a minute, and mm-hmm. we'll cover some other topics. Um, I do want to open with the health of the community um, in Mount Vernon remains excellent. Uh, currently, knock on wood, there are no cases, Yay. and the schools have reopened. Um, and I want to say no cases there, but I didn't look. So you can go on the SAU 39 yes. website every day and capture the health of all of the schools mm-hmm. under the umbrella. And did you look today, Amy? I know. Uh, Amherst Middle School has one active case. And is that it? That's it. Excellent. And you have Eliza in the village school. Mm-hmm. And what's the protocol in the morning that you have to do to report you know, the health of your child? Yeah, you have to take your child's temperature. And then there's an online survey to fill out. And it asks if you have any other kinds of symptoms. There's five or six different things. You know, do you have upper respiratory symptoms? Do you have nausea? Do you have vomiting? You know, and if you have to check any of those symptoms, if your child has any of those symptoms, you have to keep your child home and call the school nurse. And then they recommend that you get a COVID test. If you choose not to get a COVID test, which why would you not? Um, personal, personal opinion, but I mean, why? <laughs> you, you have to keep your child home for 10 days. Okay, so you get the rapid test and they could be back in the building right. with no symptoms quickly or just wait the 10 days and hope that it's not anything. Right. People, here's the reason why somebody might opt out of the test because when the test first came out, it was that test that they made it feel like it was like really scary with the oh. long, long, long swab yes. to the back of your head. So I don't believe those are the kinds they're using anymore. That is... From my experience, that is true. And you get the results really quickly. I think I would take that option. Ten days sounds like a long time. But if I knew that, but if I thought it was the long stick, 
to the back of your head, I might be nervous about it. That would so, be scary. For so a it's time. not it's not intrusive in that way. Good. Well, okay. it seems to be working if all the cases are low. So this yeah. is great, and the weather is fantastic. We're still outdoors, having fun, mm-hmm. and staying socially, you know, distanced. So. Um, our good reopening news is that the library reopened on September 8th, and here's our rule. Simple. It's limited capacity, three patrons at one time, please, masks are required, and social distancing rules apply. Um, there's still no meetings or programs inside, uh, but we are doing lots of things outdoors that, that are safe to mm-hmm. um, plan. and. Uh, speaking of the inside, when you come in, it looks a little bit different. Earl Rich has um, kind of decorated our front desk <laughs> with a plexiglass barrier, which uh, protects the community from the staff and the staff from the community for checking out. We are uh, following all protocols on that. Also, we have little markers on the ground that say six feet apart. So if there happened to be a line here, you're six feet from the next person. And we have kept the front curbside pickup open. Um, so if you're still uncomfortable coming in the building, well, we have curbside pickup, and we're going to keep that going uh, as long as we can. So that's... Do you want to talk about the books, too, how we are keeping the books safe? Or... Oh, yeah. So um, the Realm Project results, we talked about it last month. Uh, it's a three-day quarantine on all books that come back to the library. So we encourage you to put the books in the Dropbox. We take those Dropbox books straight to the basement. They stay there for three days. And then they come back up, they get checked in. And they if they don't get checked out right away, you can imagine how many more days they would be on the shelves. Mm-hmm. And so we're also wiping books down. Mm-hmm. And um, I know I mentioned it before, we should have always been doing that, but uh, that's just an extra bonus of cleanliness. So uh, we're hoping that all materials going out are perfectly safe. So that's reopening for library. And Amy, do you want to talk about interlibrary loan reopening? Mm, sure. And so interlibrary loan is finally back up and running. Uh, we were able to start placing requests last week and the Dayland Memorial Library should get our first uh, delivery of materials tomorrow. Oh, that's so exciting. So it's very exciting. I think I might even come in early just to see what shows up in the bin in case there's a lot because it could be a lot. We did order a lot of things. Um, yes, so the state library is requiring uh, time for quarantining. So any materials that we send out, we have to have them quarantined for 72 hours before the van driver picks up. So I have to have things ready by Tuesday to go for Friday. And then when we receive materials, so everything that I process tomorrow, those have to be quarantined also for 72 hours before we can give them out to our patrons. So I know there's a handful of people that are used to coming and they're used to coming at 2.05 and they're ready and they want their books on Fridays. But unfortunately, we're, we're going to have to get them used to coming on Tuesdays. Tuesday is the new instead. Friday. So the, yes, Tuesday is the new Friday for interlibrary loan. So, um, yes. Interlibrary loan, if people don't know, the service uh, provides access to any material in New Hampshire that yes. other libraries have. So like Correct. this morning, I got two requests for materials that, of course, we don't have. But mm-hmm. you're going to be able to find them, track them down, and borrow Right. And this service is essential for our book clubs to oh, run. Oh, absolutely, yes. Right. So we haven't been able to um, host book clubs in the same way. We've been picking virtual books that people have access to. But now the physical books will be back in the building. Right. So all of Joanne's book clubs will be back. And I know we started a new book club, um, Black Books Matter. And the topic of that book club is going to be black authors and race relation books, Mm -hmm. um, which are very, very popular right now. And so that we could not have done that book club without interlibrary loan. So like we are thrilled. The morning book discussion group depends on you Mm -hmm. for their titles. And I heard a ding. Sorry about that. (laughs) I heard a rumor that there might be a new mystery book club, an adult book club. Mm -hmm. I I had a patron step in and they're trying to organize a mystery book club. And that might be during the day on Zoom. We still are Zooming all our book clubs with the physical material. So like we are delighted that Interlibrary Loan is back up. So that's exciting. And then Joanne, your programs, um, we've reopened and Mm -hmm. how is the children's programming going? Because that's a big thing. It's a big thing. during the whole uh, shutdown, stay at home, I've been trying to reimagine how I will connect with the children of Mount Vernon. And uh, we were 
lucky enough to get a very generous donation from Beth Kershaw in memory of her late brother, who coincidentally left the library. She gave us a really generous donation. I was able to purchase um, different things that go into a kit and we are doing story and a stroll and it's a large age group from birth to five and they're caregivers. We meet in the backyard of the library and they're in their little kit that I purchased from the, the donation. You'll have their, they have their own book, their own little animal, the, uh, little plastic animals and Play-Doh and little cars, a blanket to sit on the ground, all the things that we normally would share, but we can't share right now. And it has been marvelous. So many uh, grandparents. You had a huge, every week, I see over 20 people in the back. Yeah, we have 27 people today and we are spaced out um, so that we are definitely um, distanced. I did not know if the kids would adhere to this idea because they're little kids. But it turns out if you give them a bag of activities, they will sit there and, you know, get out the cow when we want to sing Old MacDonald. And um, they're not running around. They're not touching each other. And they're really happy. So we do that for about a half an hour. And then we walk around Mount Vernon. And today we walked to the pond. We have a new story walk up, the Garofalo. Mm. It's brand new, so so get out there and see it. But we walk somewhere different every week. It was supposed to be just four weeks, but the weather has been outrageously perfect. And so attendance has been so high. Every time. Keep it we going, have, we so many Keep events. it going. So we're going to keep it going into October. So that's what I'm doing. And I'm also getting ready for our um, book clubs. And... We have one group that's full, 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 and we've got two groups that are lighter, and I guess I would expect that um, for this Zoom world, but I want you to trust me when I'm saying that I'm planning something as fun as possible. You already have something out in curbside pickup, right? Um, Yes, I do. So they'll be getting emails soon to come and pick it up. They'll be sending a craft on an activity and a book home with each book club every month so that we can do our craft together um, and have an hour of fun. So it's new Mm. for all of us. Not new for the kids, I guess. They know about Zoom. But um, so anyway, that's that's what I'm doing. Super fun. Okay. Okay. So this would be the time where we would... um, Kind of talk all about October and Halloween and all of our activities. And the library is super excited for Halloween because we've always had to do Halloween a little bit different here. Like this is not a trick or treat spot. You come in and pick up a novelty and the friends of the library um, are instrumental in that giveaway. And we've always decorated. Mm-hmm. But Halloween is going to be a little different this year. And it's too early to say. I, I know that I have the Halloween chair here. <laughs> but... Um, no decision has been made about Halloween yet, correct? That is correct. But there are many, many people in charge of this. But we'll be going to a webinar um, on the 30th of September to talk about different state and local guidelines. And with the help of the police chief and the selectmen, the record department, we will make a decision about how Halloween will look this year and i just want you to know that i am an outside the box thinker you are Mm -hmm. and i have millions of ideas that i believe are safe and fun so stay tuned stay tuned exactly and Mm -hmm. uh, stay tuned for our activities because we're not quite ready to launch ours we're waiting for that webinar to to because like what if they just said yeah go trick-or-treating super fun um (laughs) we we don't want to change everything but uh, you can anticipate one maybe two adult craft night two there has been a cry and we know the weather's getting colder and colder so if we're going to do programs we gotta we gotta get them out there you gotta follow the facebook page yeah because these two adult crafts are going to be so much fun. You're going to be sad. They're when you going miss to be out. good. And then, uh, of course, we've got the book clubs, so you can jump mm-hmm. in on those. And we are considering maybe a scary story night. Yes, because I don't know. See, everything kind of closed down so quickly. But last year, some of the kids in Mount Vernon, I believe there's six or seven of them, participated in 
a um, contest to write spooky stories. And six or seven kids in Mount Vernon got their stories published I must in a special volume called Exciting. Spooky Sagas. Ooh. And um, I'm going to be reaching out to them because I think it would be really fun if they could read their story. Or if one of them decided they didn't want to read the story, maybe we could have an interpretive story of spookiness by an adult. Ooh, I know a couple that would do that. That would be fun. <laughs> so that's going to happen during the week, too. Right. So we wouldn't mention those unless they were almost definite. So those are in the works. They and are. then uh, please look, watch the Facebook page and the website for uh, all kinds of fun. And of course, we have a fantastic theme for Outdoors, the library this year. Is it I too need, soon to I say? I don't know. I want to say, but say what, it. Okay. The library theme for Halloween is the dead and breakfast. Boom, 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 boom. This is going to be so much fun. Um, there might be some skeletons, some dining, some bedroom furniture. Mm-hmm. Or it's all going to be a surprise, but I think it's going to be a good daylight walk by and kind of creepy at night. So mm-hmm. uh, the library has an attic full of decorations, and every year we pull them down and modify them. Last year, Madison made a of headstones and we saved all of those so all that hard work is coming up from the basement and all the goons are coming out of the attic so at least we'll decorate and it'll be cheerful halloween oh it's gonna be great (laughs) yeah it's gonna be fun check out our corners yeah fantastic check it out so uh now that we've caught up on news amy's recommendations so many books coming out so many books published over the summer that we might have missed lots of good stuff you're on. Let's go. Okay. That. Well, um, right now I'm listening to the audiobook called Majesty, which is the sequel to the book American Royals by Kathleen McGee. These are YA books. This is like just pure guilty pleasure, fun, fluffy escapism. An adult took out Majesty and the they on your recommendation, yeah. she's like, I just need this. Yes. It it's it it is it's it's the story that you need right now. So the the premise is that uh, the American Revolution happened, the Revolution War, War happened, America still won, but instead of George Washington becoming president, he became king. Ooh. And so now it's modern day, and it's his descendants who are now ruling. And in the first book, uh, the first book ends with the, the main character's father, who is the king, dies. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Sorry, if you haven't read that. Keep reading. Keep reading. Didn't really ruin anything, though. That's not. Nah, it didn't ruin anything because it's it's not really about him. It's about her and her siblings and her friends and the social climber. And so now you're getting all these same characters that you grew to love and love to hate. And now it's the second book, and you're seeing the story continue. And it's just sort of this like slow burn and you're seeing like you can just imagine there's going to be some big not literal train wreck but like something crazy is going to happen really soon so i'm really enjoying it i'm about halfway through it definitely recommend that um two other books that i've read recently ish they're not new um i will say really quickly i did read uh ruth ware's new book mm-hmm. uh, i think it's one one by one. One by one. I enjoyed that. And I read, um, what's her name? Lucy. Oh, no. Uh, Fiona Davis's new book, The The Lions of Fifth Avenue. Mm-hmm. I think I talked about both of those last month. As and, new releases. Yep. Yeah, as new releases. And those are both those are both really good. I enjoyed those. So those are good. But uh, two books that I, I wanted to mention, and neither of them are new. One is called A Place for Us by Fatima... Farheen Mirza, and I probably butchered the pronunciation of her name, so apologies. And it's, I feel like sometimes it's a cliche when people say, oh, this book is heartbreakingly beautiful, but oh my gosh, this book totally was. It's, it's a family relationships, family dynamics. Uh, it's a, India, a family from India who immigrates to the United States, and it's just the story of their lives. It's maybe a little slow, but it's a kind of book like it's not meant to be exciting. It's meant to be this is what's happening to them and you're just digesting their lives. And some of it is just so like as a parent myself, like just so heartbreaking. Aww. But but beautiful at the same time. Like it made me cry, have tissues ready. Um it's a book I wanted to read for a while, finally got to it this summer. Um and then the other book I wanted to mention, 
I just finished reading it this week. It's called The First 15 Lives of Harry August by Claire North. And it's kind of time travel-y, but not. So the main character, Harry August, he's born uh, New Year's Day, 1919. He lives his life, he dies, and then he's born on January 1st, 1919. And he's living his life again, but Ooh. he has all the knowledge that he gained when he lived his first life. Oh. And this goes on and on. What is it called? And on. The First 15 Lives of Harry August. Mm, and I get that. I will say there was a part almost in the middle where it was like a little slow because you, it had to set up the dynamic between, so Harry August is the protagonist, and it had to set up the drama between him and the antagonist. And there was this weird section about quantum physics. It, mm. got a, it got a little sciencey for me, and I was like, oh my God, where is this book going? But then it got really good again. It's like, oh, okay, all right, it's so set that up. That. Now here we go. And then it's Harry living his lives, trying to, over achieve, and over. Trying to achieve this goal. Nirvana. Yeah, well. Mm. Not really. No, he had a very specific goal. I, I won't say anything where I won't ruin that book. Um, <laughs> won't spoil it. So that was very good. So those are what I've been reading. And then what I'm looking forward to Interestingly enough, all three of the books that I'm going to mention, they all come out October 6th. That's a big release day. Publishers <laughs> release day. are like throwing everything out of the warehouse yep. and yep. shutting down. <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> so, uh, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, and that's written by V.E. Schwab. She is a YA author, but this is not a YA book, so this is her adult foray. Mm -hmm. She wrote the Darker Shade of Magic series. Um, it, the premise is it's 1714, a young woman makes a bargain to live forever Ooh. and for 300 years she does, but everyone she meets just instantly forgets her. She's just this forgettable throwaway person until 300 years have gone by. She meets a man in a bookstore who knows her name. Ooh. So that, that sounded very exciting. I really enjoyed the whole Darker Shade of Magic series. Some really interested to see interested to see what she's going to write at that you know kind of higher level for for adults um tana french has a new standalone mystery novel that's Ooh, coming out standalone. called the searcher and i have read i've only read the first book in her dublin murder squad series which is i think it's in the woods and i really enjoyed it and then i also read the witch elm by her and really enjoyed that so i can only imagine that this book will be excellent as well. And then Alice Hoffman. Yes. Yay. She has magic lessons coming out. Ooh. And it's, it's being billed as the prequel to Practical Magic. <gasps> Perfect okay. timing, October. So, yes, of course. So that's going to be awesome. Those are what I'm looking forward to next month. You're not looking forward to Ellen Hildebrand's well, third and final <laughs> in Winter well, I figured, in Paris. I figured, I, figured, I, figured, I figured you would talk about that one. That's shallow so that's reading. Why I, didn't <laughs> I do love Ellen Hildebrand, and I am looking forward to that, but here's my secret confession. I haven't read book two in that series oh, yet. Oh, you better hurry up. And now I feel like I, it's been so long since I read book one. I have to go back and read book one and book two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so maybe I'll just people, I'll take them all out all at once. People have been borrowing book two <clears throat> in anticipation of book three. Of course. Right. That's coming. Um, I had the Jody P. Colt book in my hand and reserved for me, but someone came in for it this morning. So uh -huh. I gave it to I'm like, you're so good. I'm being honest. I'm not really going to read this in the next two days. So I am looking forward to The Book of Ways by Jody P. Colt. The premise is that um, the main character gets into a plane crash. Ooh. She survives, but doesn't remember who she is. Or somehow she um, goes back to a former job in Egypt. Like she, wow. I, don't, I don't quite understand the premise, but it's Egypt. You're going to Egypt wow. with Jodie Picoult after a horrible plane crash. Hmm. Um, she wants her old life back or somehow. So I'm looking forward to that. And then the Winter in Paradise, the third one. What's that called? Uh, I got to look it up. Um, trouble in Paradise? Is it Trouble? No, that's the second one, I think. Ooh, I can't remember. <laughs> I know. Well, they're all the first. They're they're all like catchy. You know how she always names yes. things um, like little kitschy names. So the, let's see, Troubles in Paradise, okay. book Almost. three, um, and that should wrap wrap that mystery. Up. <laughs> so other than that, oh, cast. 
We've had a lot of people talk about yes. the book Cast. Oh, that's right. I haven't read that yet. I do want to read that. Yeah, so we heard, like, it's amazing, book of the year, So, but it's been out since we got it. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say that we continued to buy bestsellers as they were being published mm-hmm. through the spring and summer. So, like, if you're just coming back to the library, there is a ton of amazing books here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've, like... We wouldn't have our normal, you know, 26 checkouts. Like some of these have only been checked out one or two times, but like right. so many. So do get back into the library to borrow hard copy books because there's so much inventory here. It's exciting. So are you reading anything that's not children? I, well, I am reading Frog and Toad, our friends, to get ready for <laughs> the book club. But I'm also um, started reading the Louise Punny um, detective mystery series. Oh yeah! I got into it because we had some. We had like two copies of a of um. A, so we deleted one or something during the pandemic. So I did one out of order. I didn't even know it wasn't a standalone. And somebody said, "You can't do that. You gotta go back." And so I'm like, I'm on book three, and I do awesome. like it. And it's. I think it's good. Um, it's good quarantiny kind of reading it's just sort of like these are your friends let's see what's happening with them tonight um for my birthday my children got me a book that's too scary for me it's called the chestnut man i started it it's a new release it's too scary for me oh my (laughs) so i think I'm going to have to bring it to the library. All right, we'll take it. It's too dark for me. Mm. It's um, way got, too dark for I've me. got some dark patrons who love scary stuff. Yikes. So. I, kinda, I tried it twice, and it scared the pants off me. So. Oh, my. But, so, anyway, so I'm just in the Louise Penny series and book number three. So that's going to keep me busy for a long time because what are they, like 17 of them? Mm, at least 10 or 12. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. lot. And they're good. I think I'm on book seven. They are good. Good stories. Expertly crafted, well written, and it, the town of Three Pines reminds me a little bit of Mount Vernon. So I yes, like that too. Oh, sweet. All right. Well, if you need any book recommendations, obviously Amy is the go-to. Amy's she the is one. available by phone, email, stop <laughs> in, tell her the cover color of the book yeah. cover. <laughs> so digital picks this week was blue covers. It right. had a blue cover, and I had to laugh at that because all those covers certainly people have said it's a blue cover. I don't know the author, mm-hmm. so. Thank you for all your digital pick posts. Those Those have been fun. Yes, good. All right, so we are heading into the interview portion. Charlene Brown from the Mont Vernon Village School is here. Uh, We're going to take a pause and be right back with Charlene. Welcome back. We've got our famous Mount Vernon favorite teacher, Miss Charlene Brown. Welcome. Welcome to Tiny Town Library. Thank you so much for having me. I, I love that my favorite people are all right here at one table. It's just so good to see you all. Well, and we're I'm happy. glad our library is open again so we can be enjoying the books inside. I know you guys have done a great job of keeping us entertained and keeping us reading while we've been out but it's nice to be here again in person well we're glad we're glad that you're here thanks Mm -hmm. for coming i know that charlene you are doing online learning so we'll ask you about that in a sec but here's a question that we start out with asking everybody we want to know the story of how you landed in mount vernon that is really a funny story i don't know how many people know this story Um, But I had been teaching at a very small school um, in northern, sort of central northern New Hampshire. Um, It's called Danbury Elementary School. And what's uh, unusual about that is that our new principal, Kim Sarfty, also came from that SAU. Um, And it was uh, known as Newfound Area School District, but serviced seven towns. And um, so I had been there for nine years and loved it. It was a great experience, wonderful families and um, was wanting to move a little more south because my husband was uh, stationed in Portsmouth um, because he was in the, in the Navy. And uh, um, an opening opened up at Mount Vernon Village School. So Had I, you heard of it? I hadn't heard of it. Me I was <laughs> so surprised when I came up the hill here and saw this beautiful school. And long story short, I did apply and did not get the job. So I don't know how many people in Mount Vernon are aware of that, but I did not get the job. 
Um, and actually, Amy Lavoy was hired that year. Mm-hmm. And um, it was because it was for um, a position where I had been teaching older children for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. And so um, she was probably a safer bet for families. Mm-hmm. And I just said, in my mind, I need to be in that school. I just felt such a connection to the people and to the school. And so um, Meredith Nato was the principal at that time. Mm-hmm. She was my first principal. Mine I too. Loved her. She was wonderful. Mm-hmm. I only got to work with her for a year, but I still, you know, think back fondly on those memories. And long story short, I just kept, um, you know, calling her. And at the end of the school year, so do you have an opening? Is there? Mm-hmm. I didn't even see anything opening, but just said, "Is there anything that you know about behind the scenes?" And Ann Allwarden, who used to be Mrs. Forrest. Uh, was a classroom teacher, became a literacy specialist, and it left a classroom opening. So I applied again, and when they asked me, you know, do you have any questions for us? I literally said, what do I have to do to get a job in this school? Mm -hmm. And um, taught here, taught sixth grade. That was in 2007, and loved it so much, I moved my family here in the summer of 2008. Mm-hmm. So I love that story. That's a win-win for us. Mm-hmm. You're not only a teacher, but you're a resident and your family resides here. And I know my daughter, you're her favorite teacher. Um, just randomly, you know, asked anywhere. She says you. Oh, that's so, so sweet. And she had you for fifth grade. That's so, right. Yes. Yeah. Um, a, a patron came in today. We won't name names. Who <laughs> you have, you teach <laughs> one child online okay. and she said it's probably really bad because the other two always get into the screen when mrs brown when is mrs brown come on and they just want to be near you they're older one is in high school and one is in middle school i think oh i might have an idea and they just love you and they just want to be near you and you are a rock star um charlene and i put uh do trick-or-treating together on my porch Love and um, double whammy. It's a double whammy. It, <laughs> it is. Children. It is. And but but sometimes I'm out with you because we're friends too in real That's life. Right. And um, we were somewhere. We were at the we were at the sh- the outdoor mall. And do you remember this? Oh, story? I think so. We, oh my goodness! And a little girl came running up, and of course I just thought she was going to say hello to me. But I was invisible. (laughs) (laughs) She came up just to say, Oh, goodness. I I feel like that Joanne at Halloween all the time, too. And of course, she knows them before we inherit them. So the little ones know you so well. And they come up and, oh, prior to all of this, the hugs that you would get. And I would be so jealous. Like, I can't wait to get to know who you are. And you would get all of the kids because you teach all of the kids. And then, of course, after they leave, the middle schoolers and the high schoolers, they were were all coming. So that is a good story for how you landed. And you want to talk about school. What are you doing right now? So this is definitely something different for me. And um, I'm my official title, I guess, is the K-4 remote math teacher. So people have gotten used to me being the math interventionist for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, I served in that position for a full three years. I was reassigned from the classroom. And it's always surprising to kids that come back and they haven't seen me and I'll say, I'm no longer a classroom teacher. And they just think that's the funniest thing. Why are you still in the school if you're not teaching? Mm -hmm. And so I explain, well, I'm, I'm the math interventionist. And this year with COVID uh, concerns and, and with families, some feeling very comfortable and sending kids back and some wanting to be at home for a variety of reasons, we needed someone to do the remote instruction. And so myself and my counterpart, Maggie Holm, uh, are, we were embedded in every grade level's curriculum. So I could say that we know it quite well. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just a, a perfect choice. You know, we knew the kids, and so there wasn't, um, you know, a getting used to us period. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was an attempt to really make a tough situation better, um, as, as good as it possibly could be, given mm-hmm. that. We knew them, we knew what they were capable of, and there was always already some level of comfort. And we know the curriculum, so um, I'm happy. I get to see 
you know, all these kindergarten through fourth grade students every day. So mm-hmm. Monday through Thursday, we do live Zoom lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, Kindergartners on Zoom. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it is, right? It, <laughs> it's so funny to think about because even letter, uh, letter and number formation, which is so important in kindergarten, I'm thinking to myself, I'm doing this over the screen. They're learning how to do this digitally. Mm-hmm. And what a different world it is for them. Um, I said today, because of course I think it's taking longer to prepare for lessons that are remote, but I really do feel that this could be the future of education. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. I feel like we're going to, we're going to have some sort of fuzzy lines of the boundaries of grade levels. I feel like this will allow us to specialize a little bit more and perhaps have a, a hybrid setting for some students. Um, who feel more comfortable at home and uh, my daughter who's in college now studying to be a teacher herself she's a freshman I've said you know we learned in school about the industrial revolution and how much that changed the face of education I feel like this will define education even more Mm. so it's it's a it's a fun time to be a teacher (laughs) <laughs> and that's why we love her oh, she's not a liar she's an optimist <laughs> oh, well that's it because you know you know you were you're all educators as well mm-hmm. and and finding a new outlet for trying to get to the children in our town I think um we make mistakes but we learn something new every day and you know I think um at the end of this year, I'll think back and say, wow, you, you did that. You guys did that. And You should keep a journal. You know, I really idea. think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly keeping a journal, but a little bit because um, we do like a, like a work log. We did a work log when we, were, when we closed down the library, and I've just continued it. Wow. And when you look back, you're like, oh, my God, look at what we did. <laughs> well, and you you'll, It's easy to forget. Yeah, it's true. Right? From one day to the next. That we didn't have any toilet paper. You know, like you're like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's like a lot of fabric. It's very true. Hasn't it been the longest seven months? The longest. Like, yes. Ever. Super long. Well, and you'll have such a, um, a, a video um, log of what you've done because of all the, the puppetry. Oh, and yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is yeah. nice. You can see my hair growing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true. That's a bonus I hadn't thought about. So... For when you're online teaching, what does a typical day look like for you? Because I know that it's different. A child uh, with an online online modality is a little bit different than a classroom. But you, we've we've spoken. Yes, are pretty yes. much online. It seems like all day. Yeah, it's it's quite a funny story. Um, I think I always have. I always say it's funny, not sure if that's the right choice of words. We we start at about, I'm supposed to officially start at 8.45 with a morning meeting and mm-hmm. greeting our students and giving them a chance to share is so important, especially with all of this going on. So um, that's been a focus really of the entire SAU. Uh, we're really being mindful of the social emotional learning of students and trying to build community mm-hmm. because that is most important right now. If we can't see that they're feeling comfortable and confident the learning won't ever come it doesn't doesn't matter how much instruction you do so whether they're in school or remotely that's what we're focusing on so um it turns out and i do morning meeting with third and fourth graders only and maggie does kindergarten first and second and i'm very thankful because i can't imagine those three groups together Mm -hmm. a kindergarten first and second with a morning meeting so bless her Mm -hmm. but um I was finding that 8.45 to 9 wasn't long enough because these kids have so much to say. Mm-hmm. So I laughed this morning. I now backed it up to about 8.30. Mm-hmm. And this morning, it gives me an alert when someone's in my my waiting room. Mm-hmm. And I already had a student at 8.11. Oh. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there like, should I go? And I just was really busy because we had some meetings to prepare for this afternoon. So that poor student ended up waiting for quite some time. But love that they're ready to start their day. You know, she was there. She was eager to begin. And so we do morning meeting. Um, and then I try to start. I roll right into my third grade group. Mm-hmm. Um, which is perfect because they're in my morning meeting. So I don't even let them go. They're mm-hmm, right there. Great. 
And so the sessions are supposed to be 40 minutes long with five minutes in between. But what ends up happening is they're 45 minutes and I'm saying goodbye to one group when the other group has already started arriving. Mm. And so um, that's my schedule from, you know, third grade to kindergarten to second grade to fourth grade. And that brings us to lunch about 12. And then usually I don't leave from my space and that whole time because there's just, you know, you give me an hour, I'll fill it, um, Mm -hmm. I find. And then I usually answer emails or talk with my colleagues during lunch. And then I have my last group of the day, my first grade friends at one o'clock and they always go to about two. I always keep them Mm -hmm. (laughs) extra time because there's, they're, they're such a perfect example of what we want math students to be. They're curious and they, they make conjectures and they defend their positions mathematically and they're not afraid to be wrong. They just say what comes mm-hmm. to their mind. So it's, it's such a beautiful thing that I find I could stay with them all day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll recommend it and I'll say, no, you're, you're, you look like you need to get up from the screen and go take a run outside. <laughs> But um, that, and that's pretty much a typical day. So it ends at about, I'd say between two and 2.05. And then answering more emails because we've had truth in truth, some technical glitches. I'm sure a lot of parents have found that. Mm -hmm. So we're usually trying to triage that. Uh, And eventually right now we're in NIWA testing, Mm -hmm. uh, both in person and remote. That seems unnecessary. Well, it's- Do they still have to measure? So they do, and it's important because remember, NIWA is not the high stakes test. NIWA is the one, and I know parents don't, they sometimes don't believe it when we say this, but the great thing about NIWA is it measures a student's performance against their own performance. And so it will give us a good picture of where they are. Mm -hmm. So it allows us to inform instruction immediately. Where when they take a high stakes test like New Hampshire SAS, the results come in weeks later and it's the end of the school year, so you can't really do anything about it then. Mm-hmm. You can change your practice if you see, well, all my students, oh, I noticed they scored you know, pretty low in data and statistics, maybe the probability questions they didn't do such a great job on. So then I know that's something that I need to change in my practice mm-hmm. for the following year. Um, it doesn't give us the same capability to really drive instruction like NIWA does, because NIWA will tell us, from the back end, customized to a student. This is the skills that they comfortably know. This might be a good spot to go next. So it really- Will you use this test, and I'll use Adam Steele's words, um, to catch who fell through the cracks? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So then it seems valuable. Yes. It's individual and not just to show that you guys did your job or that people fell below expectations. It's really individual. That's interesting. Yeah. And it is taken three times a year. It's nationally um, taken. I think maybe even globally taken, Never mind nationally, but I mean, so many kids take it. It's normed um, and the norm values change every few years so that it's it's rolling with new groups of students and what new groups of students know and of course this will impact that norming for years I mm-hmm. think um, and it's taken in the fall and then in the winter and then in the spring so it's not even like we just do it in fall and spring the winter says okay how, how are they doing now and what are you going to do about keeping them on target or putting them on target for the spring so I, I do think Though it's really, the kids don't like it. Nobody likes it. Sure, <laughs> it's, sure. it's no fun. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. But it is a necessary tool. For them. It sounds like it's for them. Yeah, okay. absolutely. All right. So then you're done about two or something, and then do you go straight into planning for your next day? Well, usually planning for the next day. There's a rule of thumb normally that about one hour of in-person or remote instruction has a, a a backdoor time of about an hour for planning. And so it it can be a long day. I I was reporting, talking with colleagues today that I'm usually at the computer from about eight in the morning until about seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. But I'm Mm -hmm. getting I'm getting better. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm introducing new routines this year, which I think are important. So that's taking time to build capacity. So it's 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 a labor of love, but it's a labor. Okay, here's a terrible question. Um Cases go up, the school gets shut down in November. How how will that change your job? 
So that's a great question and one that many people have posed. And to be truthful, we haven't had a clear answer on that. And I think it's because there are so many moving parts behind the scenes that have to go into play. So, you know, we, we currently have staff members who desire to be in person, some staff members who desire to be remote. And so right now, this is the best schedule that, that we have to, um, you know, fulfill our responsibilities to both of those um, groups of people. I've been told that if I if everyone goes remote, which it could could happen, they're talking about a lot of schools now canceling and going fully remote, that it wouldn't make sense necessarily for me to keep my roster because they would then fold back into a more more mm -hmm. of a classroom or with their homeroom teachers, and then I could resume my role as a math interventionist. But I wouldn't take anything off the table, truly. I think we have to think outside of the box. It would be awesome if you went into every, zoomed into every classroom. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like, what are the boxes at the we bottom? We just need more information. <laughs> be like, Charlene's in the house. That's my recommendation. Charlene goes to every class. <laughs> I, I would try it. I don't know. They might have to schedule Zooms until about 8 at night. But <laughs> yeah, I, I get, it's so funny. I wish you guys could get a, a glimpse into it. My, <laughs> my daughter, who I mentioned is a freshman at college, is zooming herself she's at simmons and they're remote this this semester and uh, yesterday she snuck a little note in front of me that said mom could you please try to be a little quieter <laughs> when my class starts because you know we're we're singing we're moving especially the little guys you have to or else they're gonna fall asleep so I just love that she she tells me that. I'm like, someday you're going to, you know, you want to be a teacher. You're going to remember this and remember how important it is right. to to be this way when you're working with kindergartners and first graders. You're authentic self. That's who you are. That's it. But she says, I, she she pictures it, and I do think this is funny. She says, um, I bet they're, they're like, oh, my gosh, here comes Mrs. Brown. We better hit that volume button. <laughs> down, 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 down. And she yeah. said, can, can you not hear, Mom? Can you not hear? I hear fine. I just... I think that is part of um, a daughter's um, idea. Yeah, I think like, you're right, Joanne. My daughter thinks I'm like a screamer. Every time I... <laughs> I'm like, shh, I'm like, what? And that's she the farthest from worse, the truth, right? worse. But, so I think that's just what they do. Well, we thank you for being awesome. Everybody loves you. I know that everyone's going to want to listen to this Oh, I podcast. hope so. But before we finish, I do have... Oh, goodness. ...the speed round question. Yeah. Is ready? this where the pressure, the pressure comes uh -huh. on? I have to... Okay. No don't pressure. Be, don't Short answers are best. Yeah. Don't overthink it. Okay. All right? Okay, okay. I'm ready. Last book you read. Oh, I was just reading a book while I was waiting. <laughs> Which is, It's called Which One Doesn't Belong, and I love it. <laughs> this is a new routine, so you get... <laughs> the kids get a picture of four things. This is... Clever, and there's no answer key, and they have to use math to decide. I'm looking for a good example why one doesn't belong. Oh. And it's sometimes it's numbers, sometimes it might be images. So, I mean, no this, leisure reading for her. Only no, I can't even show, but oh isn't that great? Math oh. it's, <laughs> it's wonderful. I will maybe buy a copy for the library. I don't there think anyone know. will check it out, fun. but yes. it's well, fun. they will now that they've got your endorsement. Okay. Favorite Disney attraction? Oh, the Haunted Mansion. That, <laughs> I knew that was the <laughs> That's easy. All right, just for a little background, how many times have you been to Disney? Uh, I did not go to Disney. It's a standing joke because everyone knows I love Disney, and it's because I did not go to Disney World until I was 23 <gasps> years old. Who knew? I know, and now um, now I've probably been 35 times, wow. I'd say. You're an expert. Yeah, I do love it. She took me one time, and it was super fun. Not <laughs> like I had the, all the good treatment. All right, here we go. Secret talent. <sighs> secret talents. I, I really, I, I don't have any secrets at all. I'm true. I don't I'm true. No, the kids know I'm afraid of the dark. I always say, don't share that secret, but now everybody knows. <laughs> um, okay, secret talent. Um, I'm not an athletic person. And I tried soccer when I was younger and actually gave the other team a point because I drop kicked the ball <laughs> into the net, not into play. So Her that talent is scoring for other teams. That's it. <laughs> She's a team player. So I, the only thing I, I did end up doing that I really loved was archery. So in college, oh, I did archery cool. and really loved it. And not with like compound bows or like fancy sights, but I mean old school archery. <laughs> nice. 
bubble. I have to choose cat. <laughs> she has cat. <laughs> <laughs> favorite Halloween costume. I think my favorite Halloween costume, I went as Mrs. Potts one year, and the kids thought that was pretty funny. Oh, that is funny. Yeah, and yeah. It, was a, it was a Disney-created costume, but it was like a, essentially wearing a giant beanbag on your body, <laughs> and kind of funny. Comfy. Yeah, comfy, mm-hmm. and you'd run into things. Because <laughs> you guys have to dress up every year and usually do a theme, correct? We do, we do. We've been, um, you know, sometimes we've been toys, and I think one year we were toys in Andy's toy box, but... Yeah, especially when you work your other partner. So if you, Sarah Millis, I worked with her for a number of years, so we would come up with things that we could be together. But yeah, Halloween. What are you going to be this year? Just pull out that witch costume. I think I'm going to have to. I haven't given it much thought. I I probably should be a numeral or something because Mm -hmm. the kids might expect that. But but I don't know, something fuzzy. I found that the union suits are really great <laughs> because you look like a character, but you're just in your comfy pajamas. So. <laughs> oh, that's a good tip. All right, our last question is, the best end-of-the-year teacher gift? Oh, anything personal. Oh. Yeah, anything that, the, you know, the children make. So I've oh. had art that they've made, or maybe they've like, um, what is it, Mod Podge, uh-huh. um, uh, a frame or something for yeah. you. Really and truly, I have every one of those gifts that I've ever been given. Mm-hmm. Um, every handmade Christmas ornament, I have all of them. Uh, and so skip the gift card for sure. Yeah, no. I, and some people like it. I'm not gonna lie. I do love a Starbucks gift card every now and then. <laughs> because, and it's actually a joke. They know it, and and I do get my share of Starbucks gift cards. But the memory behind a personal gift like that, you do. I I have things in my desk drawer from students who are now over 30 and have their own children. And when I pick it up, I can think back to my experiences with those kids. And um, there's no better gift than that, you know. I don't remember they gave me a Starbucks gift card, but I remember that. Good in the moment. (laughs) Yes, 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 definitely. That's wonderful. Well, Charlene, we're so happy that you could come and be our interest, our person of interest guest for our one-year anniversary of the podcast. Happy anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary. And now, good luck. Good luck with the rest of your online Thank you. uh, learning. I know that all the kids that have you are probably feeling so glad that you're their guide this I, year. I hope so. We're going to have some fun. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. All right, stay tuned for October activities, and we'll see you next week. Tiny Town Podcast. Bye. Bye.